Hello and welcome to 98 Not Out, the cricket podcast. I'm Darren Mutu and every week, all year round, myself and my co-host Paul Webb will bring you the latest news and discussion about the national and international cricket scene. Plus special guest interviews with cricket experts like Nasu Hussain, David Gower and David Bumble Lloyd and many others. So let's get into this week's show. And it's quite a, a scathing piece, this. So um, bear with me, I'll read it out and then we're going to just talk about... Uh, you know, so wisdom you just expect to be kind of like a fairly gentle, <laughs> not ruffle any feathers, just kind of um, appreciate the wonderful game of cricket. But uh, Lawrence Booth, the editor, writes, Early in 2022, a long-planned assault on the ashes ended with all-out surrender. Before that, a racism scandal brought to light by the courage of Azim Rafiq, made the game look unwelcoming and worse. There was little to cherish. That's his opening paragraph. <laughs> OK, yeah. The most... Sa- and I can see you chomping at the bit now. <laughs> the most savage criticism, however, and we have been pushing this across social media, it's something that both Webby and I have been frothing about this last week or so. The most savage criticism, however, is reserved for Tom Harrison, the ECB's chief, and other executives whose £2.1 million bonus, that's two, one, and then five zeros, £2.1 million bonus pot, that's on top of their salaries, which are not exactly tiny, they're all six-figure salaries, um, the £2.1 million bonus pot was exclusively revealed by The Guardian last year. And then Lawrence Booth goes on to write, as the Annus Horribilis took shape, this felt more and more wrong. Harrison, remember, had presided over 62 job losses. He had used procedural excuses to defend his failure to intervene in the racism scandal at Yorkshire. And the ashes up in smoke, he had blamed the domestic structure on the usefully anonymous professional game group and the international calendar on administrators in faraway lands. Of his own shortcomings, he had less to say. The ethics of the bonus scandal were as bad as the optics, but there was an exit strategy. If only Harrison would recognise it, the bonus should either have been returned, allowing the ECB to re-employ some of the staff whose work had still to be done, or still had to be done, or used to broaden the game's diversity. If by now he had resigned or refused the money, we would applaud. If not, there is still time to undo at least part of the damage. Not holding back there, Mr Booth. And I think he's right. (laughs) I can't fault a word of that. Yeah. That's absolutely right. Bang on. Bang on the mark. You know, how Mr Harrison has remained in his position... Um, is beyond me when everyone beneath him has slowly either resigned or it's popular at the moment eh? been booted a lot of people have been acting like that they have good evening Prime Minister (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, but yeah you're right and um, you know it's not just Lawrence Booth we've talked to quite a few eminent people in the cricket world the last few months and none of them have had a kind word to say about him um I mean, the most charitable comments have been... Um, he's been labelled amongst the press circles as the invisible man, with all of these things going on. Uh, I mean, there was the Azim Rafiq and Yorkshire scandal, there was a the whole thing with Ollie Robinson. Yep. Um, and the fact that players were being thrown in front of 
media cameras uh, and basically being thrown to the lions. It was almost like you felt sorry sometimes. I remember Ollie Robinson reading out that prepared statement on his debut, his first day, you know, his debut, yeah. uh, when all that stuff came out. That should have been, you know, in the old days, you'd have like a Ted Dexter or a Mickey Stewart or something like that sat there and there'd be a table, wouldn't there? Um, and the, you know, the senior man would be fielding the questions and the, and the captain or whoever would sort of be sat alongside and just wait his turn and almost be guided on to what it's to say. But now it doesn't seem the way. It's certainly under Harrison's reign. Well, this is the problem, isn't it? This is what everyone is quite rightly up in arms about, that the ECB has acted with such amateurism throughout all of those matters, um, and yet he's pocketed over two million quid in bonus. It's just... It just doesn't stack up. No. And the sort of general wisdom of why he's still there is is basically because um, the one thing that he was good at, I'm told, was commercial negotiation. And he was in charge of uh, negotiating the new deal with Sky, the the TV broadcasting deal with Sky. Uh, It's an interesting one because cricket is at a bit of a tipping point in many directions. But one of the most interesting, and I think um, something that could have been and should have been discussed further is the coverage of cricket. You know, we, we need cricket is at a point now where it needs to take a look at itself and how is it going to ensure the future? How is it going to attract uh, new audiences, new players, etc., etc.? Now, you can do all of this all-stars and dynamos and diversity programmes and all the rest of it. That's fine. But the real key to it, I think, well, the one thing that everyone's in agreement of is making it accessible. And the easiest way to make it accessible is on terrestrial free-to-air television. And we've seen that when they have done that, it has reached and it's been popular and produced audiences. So, for example, when it was the um, ICC World Cup when England won, yep, uh, and that was broadcast free-to-air. Yes. Uh, when Channel Four took um, the India Test series uh, at the beginning of last year, <coughs> and our good mate. Um, uh, Rishi was on it. Rishi um, Passat. I was, I was trying not to say Rishi Sunak, but Rishi Passat. Uh, and it was great. And, you know, for something that was basically starting very, very early in the morning, people were getting out and wanting to watch yeah. it. Yeah. Am I right in saying that the, the women's final was free to air? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Weeks ago? Yeah. 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 And again, a big audience when Georgie was on telling us about that. And surely at this point, when you're negotiating um, a new broadcast package, there should have been a bit of creativity in there. There should have been clauses and caveats that said something along the lines of the Lord's Test match will be available on free-to-air television or all of the domestic cup finals should be on free-to-air television. The Lord's Test match is a great one because it's traditionally the one Test match that is almost impossible to get tickets for. Yeah. So Have a word with me. (laughs) That's why I said almost (laughs) impossible. (laughs) Um, so yeah, you know why not? Make, why not make it more accessible? Uh, and I saw a, a great idea, and I can't remember who uh, who said it. So I'm going to credit myself with it because okay. why not? Yeah, you know, go for it. Nobody else will know. <laughs> um, but why not? Why does the BBC or ITV or Channel Four or whoever not create a match of the day style roundup oh, yeah. of county championship games? Uh, you know, when there's all these, whether the BBC and ITV have got BritBox, which is a complete waste of time as far as I can tell. But I don't know anyone's got there. that. No. Um, but when you've got iPlayer, 
you don't have to mess around with the TV schedule. Create this match of the day style thing for county championship cricket oh, and put it straight on iPlayer. Make it accessible to people. You yeah. don't have to worry about it. It can be a four-hour program if you want. You're not messing around with TV schedules. Stick it straight on iPlayer. It's accessible to everyone, and people can dip in and dip out at their at their leisure. I think that's a great idea. I wouldn't make it a four-hour program. I'd make it no. punchy. I'd make it. I'd make it an hour long at max. Yeah. My point about yeah. four hours is that it could be. Because well, you you're not messing around with TV stream, schedules. Streaming's been a great success yeah. uh, with all the counties. But, you know, people that follow cricket, you've got to stop the moaning. Because there are people that are trying. You know, the counties are trying with this stuff. And it's a little been, it's been a little bit of trial and error with people that are just not used to this kind of stuff. But, you know, from some of the stuff I've seen this year, there's a big uptick on the quality from last year, for example. The graphics are better. The cameras track the ball around better. Yeah. Um, and then you build into that the BBC or whatever commentary, the local commentary, and it's not a bad if you can't get to the match. That's not a bad way to follow it. So please let's have a little bit less of the criticism about what the camera's doing or the, the, the scorecard at the bottom of the screen is two balls behind or something like that. What we need is, you're absolutely right, it's a great idea. Let's have a... Because, yeah, you're right. The old argument was, oh, we're not going to give up a day's... I mean, it's quite amazing when you look back that BBC One would give up yeah. so much of its daytime schedule but yeah. then I suppose in those days there wasn't a daytime you know you had schools programs in the morning I, mean, I remember when TV used to shut down in the afternoon yeah yeah you uh, get the, the test card that's right yeah yeah um, and um, but they did it and it was for every single test match and well every England game even the sort of the uh, Yep. The limited overs. And how much exposure did Cornhill Insurance get out oh of it through the God, 80s? Yeah. There you go. You know, we remember that 40 odd years ago because yeah. it was on the telly. The Cornhill test. There you go. Yeah. And the Gillette Cup. The Gillette Cup. And the Prudential, uh, the Texaco, Texaco Trophy. The yeah. yeah, exactly right. But I think you make a really, really good point that these days there are so many channels. You know, it doesn't even have to be on iPlayer. It could be on BBC3. It could be on ITV4. Yeah, straight to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, you don't necessarily have to be pitching it at the main audience because they want to watch Towie Island's Bargain Hunt in the attic <laughs> and let them watch that and they can enjoy it and uh, enrich their lives and wonder yeah. um, where they all went wrong. But there are people out there, and it's been shown time and time again, that want to watch County Rear, that want to watch a test match sit down. I mean, that was the thing, you know, 2005, as recently as that, when Channel 4 had the rights for test matches, and they similarly did the same thing. I think there were a little bit of breaks for racing and whatever else, but yeah. you couldn't, you know... But it, even that, so there were breaks for another sport. Yeah. <laughs> Not for married at first sight or something, whatever it's called. So, but there you go. You can put these, there is room to put these. You can, you know, you can give up a whole day on ITV4, BBC4, whatever. BBC4... BBC Four don't even start broadcasting till seven in the evening. Perfect. There you go. Perfect. Come on, the BBC. What's the matter with you? It's not the BBC. It's Tom Harrison because oh, this well. is what he should have been talking yes. about. He should have been. And let's just say, you know, didn't, not everything. The Lord's Test in the same way that Wimbledon it makes me laugh when Wimbledon's on. How everyone's a tennis expert. <laughs> and then when Wimbledon fortnight's finished, you know, do, oh, do you watch? Uh, do you watch the Aussie Open? Do you watch you know whatever? Flushing Meadow, well, always Flushing Meadow. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were the big. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, it doesn't have to be. It'd be wonderful if it was everything, but I tell you what, let's have the Lord's Test 
live ball bubble coverage, and let's have when the council let's have yeah, match of the day, catch of the day, wicket of the day, whatever, whatever. whatever you want. Yeah. And if you look well, for still a match. Yeah, if you're looking for presenters, you know. I know where there's a couple of... There's a couple of willing and uh, able. Yep. Some might even say humorous. Well, yeah, that's it. That's it. We do laugh at our own jokes. <laughs> and each other's occasionally. <laughs> but that was what Harrison was supposed to be doing. But no, he was so hell-bent on keeping the Sky deal and appeasing Sky. And Sky basically were there for the taking. Because if you're a proper negotiator... You could have said, well, BT Sport, you know, they've got all the winter. You don't have it. You don't. It's got to have anything over the winter now. No. I mean, <laughs> all right. They have the over. They have the other test series, which is still great watching, you know, from South Africa or India, whatever else. Um, but they have not had England overseas cricket for a while now. And BT are almost parking their tanks on Sky's lawn with that. Uh so Sky would have, you know, a pretty proper negotiation. You could have got something out of them, but Sky have obviously wanted to... And it's a 10-year deal. Yeah. 10 years is way too long. Um, so it's almost like, it's almost like um, anti-competitive. Yeah. You know, should this be referred to the Monopolies Commission? Well, absolutely, there you go. Yeah. Because... But, you know, Sky... Let's draw the comparison again. Sky have done wonders for football coverage in this country since yeah. the advent of the Premier League and it's fantastic and it gets better and better and better and that doesn't stop the BBC having match of the day no. BBC don't have rights to screen four matches other than the FA Cup don't talk about that so <laughs> so there is a precedent set where Sky have the main live contract and BBC have the highlights package yeah let's do it come on Harrison and even I'll tell you what, if you wanted to be really, you know, creative with this <clears throat> and make it really attractive to someone like the BBC or whoever, but let's say the BBC just for the sake of the conversation, Sky produce and package the highlights thing. So it's a Sky programme and it's labelled and whatever else, Sky. Yeah, all the work's already done. Yeah, in the same way that Netflix sell their stuff to um, other channels now. I was watching something the other night about... Um, footballers that um, have sort of come out of South London and 14% yes. of the Premier League footballers are from South London. Um, and that was a BT Sport production and it was on ITV. There so you go. why not tell Sky, <laughs> right, OK, you can do all this, but you have to, one, um, give the Lord's Test live and free to the BBC and um, you have to put together... A county championship highlights thing, and they can use the feeds and whatever else from um, around the around the grounds. I don't think people would be too fussed about as long as they're seeing something. It's a bit like when you watch lower league football; it's actually quite um, quite disarming to watch some of the you know not everything's under flashing lights. And, yes, you know proper football. Yeah, yeah. So Tom Harrison has done this without challenge, without anyone else. It seemed, you know, the whole, the ECB, and, and, you know, as we said the other day when we were talking about this, you know, currently, well, we've had Rob Key appointed now, but there is no one in any other major position at the moment, even down to captain. Yeah. So, yes, it's um, it's not good, but we, we, you know, Harrison has not covered himself in glory and really, really should not be walking away with £2.1 million in his pocket. 98. 98.
Phoenix 98FM. Thanks for listening to 98 Not Out, the cricket podcast. Please subscribe to the show in your podcast app to make sure you see the new episode each week as it appears in your feed. And if you enjoy the show, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help us introduce the show to even more people. Thank you so much, and we'll catch you on the next episode.